American soccer fans, welcome to episode 114 of the USA Soccer Cast. We are bringing you everything about the U.S. national teams, the players, the leagues, and everything else that impacts the game of soccer in these United States. I'm Donald Wine. It's September 6th, 2023, and the United States men's national team are back in action this weekend. We will get into the matches, the roster, and the drama in a little bit. But first, it's been a couple weeks between episodes, and there has been a reason for that. I'm pleased to announce that this show has joined a new network. The USA Soccer Cast is now officially a part of the Fans First Sports Network. This was a network that has spawned out of the ashes of the former SB Nation podcast network, which, as you all know, we were a part of until it shuttered earlier this year. Fans First Sports Network got started around that same time, and we're really excited to be a part of it now. They're starting to build their soccer portion so we could have some crossover episodes down the line as that part gets bigger. But for now, know that for you, this changes nothing. The feed's the same. Everything else is the same. So you won't have to do anything to get this show or anything about the show in the future. We will have a new website coming on the Fans First Sports Network website. So stay tuned for that down the road. But just want to make that announcement. We are super excited about the change, and hopefully it opens up a ton of possibilities for us. Now, with that out of the way, let's get to the men's national team. The September international window is upon us, and the men have two matches coming up. First on Saturday against Uzbekistan at City Park in St. Louis. They will then head to the Twin Cities for a Tuesday match against Oman at Allianz Field in St. Paul. It's the first time the United States men's national team has played both of these squads, and it marks the f- only time potentially between now and the 2026 World Cup that the United States men's national team has a chance to face a team from Asia in an international window. Oman was very close to making it to the 2022 World Cup. They just missed out on that playoff that Asia has. And Uzbekistan also showed pretty well in World Cup qualifying. Both teams have also qualified for the Asian Cup, which takes place in January. And so while these may be opponents that most fans haven't heard of or seen before, there are a couple of interesting opponents that can mimic what the U.S. may see in the World Cup group stage in 2026. Also, it kicks off a fall of friendlies that leads up to November's Nations League quarterfinals, which also serves, of course, as qualifying for next summer's Copa America. This match, or this set of matches, I should say, marks the return of Greg Berhalter as United States men's national team head coach. Of course, he was rehired by U.S. Soccer in June. B.J. Callahan, who won the Nations League as the interim coach and also led the men's national team to the Gold Cup semifinals, he returns to the team as an assistant coach. So B.J. Ball is back on the squad, but just again in his previous role as assistant coach. For this camp, which opened up Monday in St. Louis, Berhalter called in 24 players, and it's a nice mix of veterans and newer players. So let's go through that roster. For the goalkeepers, we have Drake Callender, Ethan Horvath, and of course, Matt Turner. For defenders, we have Serginho Dest, Christopher Lund, Mark McKenzie, Kevin Paredes, Tim Ream, Chris Richards, Anthony Robinson, Miles Robinson, and Joe Scally. Midfielders, we have Ben Kramashi, Luca De La Torre, Weston McKinney, Eunice Musa, Tanner Tessman, and Malik Tillman. Johnny Cardoso was on the original roster, but he had to withdraw due to an ankle injury. Tanner Tessman was his replacement in this 24-man roster. And then at forward, we have Brendan Aronson, Flair and Balligan, Cade Cowell, Ricardo Pepe, 
Christian Pulisic, and Tim Weah. There are some guys who are missing from this team that we are used to seeing. Of course, you know, Tyler Adams is still recovering from injury. We anticipate seeing him with his new club, Bournemouth, after the international break. He's still getting back to fitness. Gio Reyna still recovering from a leg fracture he suffered during the Nations League. He is back training with Dortmund. And like Tyler, we hope to see him after, after the international break. And we'll talk more about him in a little while. Walker Zimmerman's also hurt. There's another set of guys that are also hurt. Josh Sargent was going to be in this camp, according to Greg Berhalter, but he got injured in the week before the roster was released. He will be out for a few months, which is unfortunate because he had been scoring early on. I think he had three goals in the first couple of games, and he actually got injured while scoring a goal. So our best wishes to him for a full recovery, and hopefully we see him back on the field in full fitness as soon as possible. So some veterans to this team over the last couple of years who are hurt, but they give some opportunity for Greg Berhalter to call in some players who have not earned any caps. Two players earned their first men's national team call-up. Of course, it's uh, Christopher Lund of Italian Serie B side Palermo, he actually, Danish-American, he was representing Denmark in official competition at the youth international level. He has applied to FIFA for a one-time change of association in order to be able to play for the United States. So he has applied for that one-time switch. I don't think it has been officially approved yet, but he is in this camp in the off chance that it does come. While he's in this camp, he will be able to get his first cap as a U.S. men's national team player if that occurs. Ben Kramashi of Inter-Miami also uh, the midfielder who has been tearing it up during League's Cup, he also earns his first men's national team call-up. Two other players, in addition to Kramashi and Lund, have not earned caps, but they have been called into camps before. That's goalkeeper Drake Callender, of course, who has been incredible for Inter-Miami recently, and Wolfsburg defender Kevin Peretti. So those guys have been on caps before. Callender was actually on the Nations League roster in June. Paredes was in that December camp friendly in December 2021, but has been hurt a lot recently. So he has not factored in as much, but he gets his opportunity once again on the senior national team. Lund, Malik Tillman, Yunus Musa, Paredes, Ricardo Pepe, Joe Scali, Cade Cowell, and Ben Kramashi are all age eligible for the 2024 Olympics in Paris. Those are the guys that are, you know, under 23 and will be eligible to play for that under 23 team in Paris next summer, and in total, 14 players on this roster, age 23 and younger. So we do have a lot of young guys. Again, a lot of those guys have a lot of experience on the national team, but we also have some newer players that have been added to the mix, uh, which I think is great. So there is your roster. Again, the matches are against Uzbekistan on Saturday, 5.30 p.m. Eastern time kickoff in St. Louis. The match against Oman on Tuesday, 8.30 p.m. kickoff, in St. Paul, that is 8.30 p.m. on the East Coast. I'll be at both matches, so hopefully I will see you all there. Let's take a quick break. We will bring you up to speed on the Geo Reyna, Greg Berhalter news and my thoughts on it all. So stick around. back and let's get into it with the return of Greg Berhalter as U.S. men's national team head coach it brought back to surface the ongoing dispute I'll call it for now between Berhalter and the Reina family 
of course, I don't have to regale you with how we got to this point, so we can skip to where we are right now. A day or so before the release of the roster for this window, there was an article in Vanity Fair that was released that was an interview with Greg Berhalter about his return to the national team as head coach and all the clouds that surround his return. Of course, one of the topics of discussion in that interview centered on his current relationship with the Reynas and most especially Gio Reyna, who was one of the young stars of the team and, as we all know, is an integral part of the player pool. When Burhalter was hired back in June, he mentioned at that press conference that reintroduced him as head coach that it was important for him to speak with Gio and clear the air about how their working relationship would be on the national team moving forward and for them to reconcile, for lack of a better term, after all that happened. He mentioned that the time to do so was not going to be after Nations League. It wasn't going to be during the summer because he wanted Gio to get the vacation he deserved. But he said that he intended to reach out to Gio and have that conversation before Gio returned to a men's national team camp. In the Vanity Fair article, Burhalter mentioned that the conversation has not happened yet. He starts by saying he regretted the comments that he made at the Howe Institute back in December. That was that time where he kind of went to a symposium right after the World Cup and, you know, basically outed Gio in a way, but didn't mention his name. He intended that as an example of player leadership and initiative. He did not want that to be taken as betrayal of trust by the rest of the team. He mentioned in the press conference a couple of weeks ago when he announced the roster that he had apologized to all the players in that locker room for that because he thought it was important to do so. He did not want them to feel like he was airing them out. Berhalter also mentioned that in trying to figure out the right way to approach the conversation with Gio, he has sought out advice from mediators in an effort to be, quote, deliberate and strategic in the approach. That conversation, of course, won't come during this window since Gio's injury has kept him off the roster, but Berhalter said he hopes to have that conversation before the October international window, which is the next opportunity for Gio to be called into camp. He did also mention he wasn't comfortable answering a question about if there was a path forward for reconciliation between his family and Claudio and Danielle Reyna. But a lot of fans have focused in on the fact that Greg Berhalter has not reached out to Gio Reyna as some sort of example that Berhalter shouldn't be the coach anymore. And they've made fun of the fact that he has involved mediators in this process. So I want to dive into this whole thing. And first, let me zero in on something that many people are not considering in this whole reconciliation process. The moment that Claudio and Daniel Reyna took their displeasure with Gio, not getting the minutes they all thought he deserved at the World Cup and reported Greg Berhalter's domestic violence incident from 1991 in an effort to get him fired or otherwise not retained by U.S. soccer, it became a workplace incident. It was no longer just a dispute amongst friends, and it became something bigger where attorneys had to get involved, an investigation took place, and a report issued that chronicled Burhalter's future hireability. When that happens in offices around the country, you can't just call up someone and clear the air. That doesn't always happen, especially when the work dynamic is boss employee. And in this case, between Greg Burhalter and Gio Reyna, in a sense, it's obviously not the same, but it's similar. Greg Burhalter is in a position of power over Gio Reyna in the sense that he makes the roster decisions for each camp, and he has the ability and the power, you could say, to either call in or not call in Gio Reyna to the national team. And because of that, it's absolutely the right call to involve mediation. 
that conversation that I think we all agree needs to happen between Greg Berhalter and Gio Reyna isn't just one where Greg picks up the phone and calls and says, hey, buddy, we need to chat. That's more of a formal conversation that should probably happen in person, and it should have more than the two of them in a room. There should be someone else, maybe a couple people, to mediate the conversation, make sure it's formalized, and they can both feel comfortable in airing out their differences and arriving at common ground that they can move forward with and put the past behind them. And while I hoped, like most of you, that would have already happened, I can understand why it hasn't. Those factors don't just bring themselves together at the snap of a finger. And when you're at a job and something happens between a boss and employee, there are situations where they're no longer allowed to speak in private. Every conversation has someone in the room or at the very least an open door. And that's where I feel like we are with this situation. Again, not always the same, but very similar. Also, and I think it's weird that I feel the need to say this, but there's an important part that a lot of fans need to hear. Reconciliation is a two-way street. This is not all on Greg Berhalter to do the reaching out and the apologizing and to smooth over the process. Gio Rena has to figure out a way to do all that too. He has to want all of that too. If you think Greg Berhalter should have picked up the phone and just called up Gio to talk, you should also believe that Gio Rena could do the same thing. If you think Greg Berhalter should have flown out to Dortmund to find Gio and have this conversation, then Gio, you know, you should feel that Gio should have facilitated that process as well. Gio can easily reach out to Greg, and it doesn't have to be directly if he's not ready for that. It could be through one of the other coaches or the players of the Federation and say, hey, I know we need to chat. I'm ready to do that. Why don't you come out to the match next weekend? And then on Sunday after the match, we can take some time and have that conversation. And I'm not saying it's Gio's fault that the conversation hasn't happened. It's not. And Greg reiterated during the press conference last week that Gio wasn't ghosting him. So it's not Gio's fault that the conversation has not happened yet. But it's not Greg's either. These things take time. And if Greg wants the approach to happen via mediation, there is nothing wrong with that. You want this conversation to happen once, to clear the air and to get them to a point where they can work together again without any issues or perceived biases. And you want the locker room dynamic to be as great as it can be. That has to happen in the right way. And that right way may take some time. And the final thing I will say is that this situation, way more complex than fans are believing it is. This isn't just a coach-player dispute. If anything, the dispute is between the coach and the player's parents. And it involves a friendship between two families that has endured for well over 30 years. And in the case of Burhalter and Reyna, much longer than that, given the fact that they played club and high school soccer together. These two families were closely intertwined. Greg has known Gio personally his whole life, well before he became one of the great American soccer towns that we've produced. Greg Burhalter and Claudia Reyna were best of friends, club soccer teammates, high school teammates, college teammates, and teammates on the very national team for which Gio plays right now. Danielle Reyna played on the U.S. women's national team and was best friends and college soccer teammates with Rosalind Burhalter, Greg's wife. Those two families may never fully reconcile, but somehow two integral parts of those families have to at least attempt to rectify things in order to have a working relationship moving forward. That's going to take some time. It will be complex. There will be a ton of issues that they need to work on that may not even involve themselves. And just because the process is important and a priority doesn't make it easy. 
So we all want this to happen and to put this whole saga behind us. And the hope is that it will happen this month between international windows so that if Gio gets back to full fitness, he can be called in for the friendlies next month and we can just focus on his play on the field. But again, all this is going to take some time and we need to give both Greg and Gio that grace to do it in the right ways for them. And we're all rooting for that relationship, no matter how it's structured to be a positive one moving forward. That will do it for episode 114 of the USA soccer cast. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, follow us on Twitter. We are at USA soccer cast. Don't forget. We have an affiliate program with homage fanatics, MLS store and breaking tea head to linktree.com slash USA soccer cast to learn more. Click on those links to those sites and support this show while getting the latest gear falls around the corner. And that means new opportunity for fresh swag for all these upcoming matches. And please send us some topic suggestions as we move forward. You can email them to usasoccercast at gmail.com, or you can tag us in your questions on Twitter. So we will talk to you again soon, y'all. Peace.